It's Monday, February 22nd. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, fellas? So good. Oh, Kate's joining us. What up, Kate's Kate? joining us? He sure is. We're doing great yes, over here. We got is. stickers. We got a sweater on, and we're going to go to Lolly's, which is my my mother's grandma name. Lolly, Lolly and Pops. Awesome. Pops. She's got the hair bow rocking. Oh, lollipops. Oh, yeah. I like that. Oh, that's good, man. <laughs> I like that's that a good. lot. That's right. She loves going to lollipops. Does nice. she get lollipops at lollipops? Uh, Pops is real good about lollipops. giving her pretty much anything she wants. So yeah. cookies, donuts, pudding. Grandparent yeah. experience right there. Oh, yeah. For cake sure. balls. Load them up and send Let them it. back. I forget kids love cake balls. Actually, my kids do not like. Oh, cake I thought balls. you said That's egg balls. True. Cake balls <laughs> seems like a thing she would want to eat. Yeah. No, she loves cake. She even uh, she has this protein. She has this protein bar cake. that she pay attention. She, that is uh, birthday cake. <laughs> Wait, Flavor birthday cake protein, protein bars already? Here's that a good daughter already pro- for a year, bro. Ever since she could eat real food, she got protein bars. All right, we are. Is, is that the quest? Wrong with you? Uh, it's not a quest. Uh, it's a power crunch. Hmm. Listen, we're not trying to raise not champions over yeah, here. All right? like she's got D1 athlete already on <laughs> yeah, her. Bro, like wow. we're, that that stuff doesn't just happen. It doesn't yeah. happen by accident. We're you got to go harder than that. They go like get straight to HGH injections. Don't don't <laughs> oh, play around with that food stuff. I always <laughs> admire your contributions to athletics discussions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> raise a champion. They might as well be gorillas. <laughs> All right, let's get into some tech news here. Uh, I thought this one was kind of interesting. Amazon workers, uh, they're protesting as they seek to unionize. So this is interesting. This is on paydayreport.com. As the historic union election at Amazon in Alabama heats up, Amazon is pulling all the tricks to stop the union. Let me, uh, let me read this here real quick. In violation of Amazon's social distancing policy, Amazon has forced workers to attend anti-union meetings and sent workers constant text messages daily, hinting that a union could possibly lead to the warehouse closing, which sounds pretty threatening. Amazon has even gotten the local authorities to shorten the time of stoplights outside of the plant so that union organizers can't hand out pro-union literature to workers passing in their cars. What? (laughs) Also, now Amazon is Ah. doing something that labor observers have never seen before in a union election. They're offering $2,000 immediately quote, resignation bonuses if you quit. What? That one, that, <laughs> a and, and resignation I, that wild. bonus? A resignation bonus. Wow. That's got to be a first. Uh, man, oh Amazon has zero interest in unionization. Like that's, well, that's what I'm gathering from this. I mean, how, how bad are they really? I mean, I get that most unions end up being controlled by the mob, but is that really a problem anymore? <laughs> I, I don't know if it is or not. I don't know about the mob part, but the documentaries on Netflix. Check it. Sure. Yes. I I believe you. It's great. Um, The, uh, the, the, there are a lot of costs associated with unions. um, Not the least of which is probably the cost of negotiation goes up dramatically because there is a negotiation for what benefits and other things look like on a regular cadence, but then also, uh, pay and benefits in general are going to increase at the very least, but it also just becomes a constant power struggle and it can lead to a lot of inefficiencies. I'm not, I'm not trying to vilify unions. I'm just saying from a corporate perspective, there no, are we're vilifying Amazon right now. Well, Didn't yeah, Amazon already the increase their minimum said. wage to like $15 an hour, which is kind of what everyone in Did the they? world 
once. I think they did a couple uh, years ago. Hit I that Google that. machine, they, bro. Yeah, they they definitely bumped it. I don't know if it went all the way up to 15 or not. It was close, whatever it was. I, I, I do remember was. seeing that. They yeah. they definitely kicked up, uh, and that was ahead of any legislation in the United States pushing towards a $15 minimum wage. Here's two other crazy things. Workers are even being told that if they quit now, that they could regain their jobs after the union election. So they could take $2,000. That way they're no longer an employee. They can't vote on a union and then come back after the election is over and there is no Very union. clever. That, that has to be the least crappy way to try to prevent a union from forming, actually. Like, I, I got to give them credit for that one because usually it's more like the we, we're working with the city to make sure you don't have long enough at a stoplight to hand out a pamphlet. Like, that's that's total asshole behavior. <laughs> that's insane. But, but they get away with it. The level, and they'll do the stuff that like that left and to, right to screw with people. To bribe Offering the them money for it. Shoot. <laughs> so do you, I mean, you had to think that there's a bribe in there, too. To get the city to change the the yeah, time why would on the city lights. do anything? Yeah, it's not a bribe. It's it's a facilitating payment. It's a donation. <laughs> it's, it's a, a donation, donation to the, the campaign. Oh donation to the campaign. It's a safety year. issue, Aaron. It's a safety one that required a few extra donations <laughs> this year. <laughs> what well, also uh, says under federal labor law, the bonuses could be considered a bribe and could lead to the union right. election being thrown out. Uh, employers <laughs> win are win. Stri- <laughs> right? Wow. Oh no, we got to throw it out. <laughs> but but the, these resignation bonuses could be grounds for the union to petition the National Labor Relations Board uh, to order a new union election if they lose this round because it's illegal under the federal labor law. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about unionization in general, but the the games that corporations play to try to prevent them are extraordinary. So I, I think uh, it's pretty obvious that they don't think it will be good for them. Um, it's it's curious because I think it's very difficult to argue that it wouldn't at least at the onset be good for Amazon employees or at least those that are unionized. Um, in the long run, I think uh, goodness tends to get a little convoluted, especially with the really large union organizations. But uh, I, I I guarantee you their working conditions will change and probably for the better if it happens. So it's, it's interesting interesting to see play out. I was curious as to how many just labor unions still, still exist in the U S because I just don't hear about them. Everything I ever hear about labor unions is back, you know, in the, in the eighties and before it. And there's still quite a bit. There are, um, I can't see which year this is for the last couple of years. uh, It looks like there were 14.6 million members in the U S uh, that were still members of unions, just in general, it. down from 17.7 million in 1983. So it's it's down a lot, but comparatively, I mean, it's really, it's not that crazy uh, how many. What's interesting is, is that union membership in private sector uh, has fallen to 6.2%, uh, whereas public sector uh, is is much much higher at thirty three point six percent. So it's just interesting. I, I just haven't looked into modern labor unions in general. I, I really don't hear about them often, but that was a, a fun little fact there. And it does look like Amazon did raise their own minimum wage to fifteen dollars per hour in November of two thousand nineteen. Is that across so, the board, regardless of location, or is it cost adjusted? Does it? Say? Uh, I don't have the specifics there. Yeah, uh, I'm always it just curious says about their that, right? their minimum wage is what it says. Oh, I get you. 
I wonder. I wonder that if it does become the basis for cost comparison, it'd be interesting to see. I would be curious to see that data. My my experience with unions, because uh, I'm not very experienced with them outside of my my uh, career at Lockheed, right, in the International Association of Machinists, and then there are some other smaller unions associated with uh, aircraft production. Dominant. I mean, are you saying that you're not very experienced with the thing that you seem like you were a part of? Were you? Were you? I, well, I wasn't. I was not in a union. <laughs> okay. No. So, and and that's the thing. Like so so the there were multiple unions that were in play at that like Lockheed Aeronautics, right? Lockheed having multiple business units. The International Association of Machinists (IAM) it was the union that the uh, you know kind of the the floor production working staff was part of uh, or or could be part of. In fact, in that case, it was fairly difficult not to be part of it. And that's where uh, I, I think you see some of the some of the stuff that's arguably not great is that when unions become of a certain size and powerful enough in those negotiations, they can be equally kind of crappy to employees in certain situations too. And so I remember, especially younger mechanics were really frustrated because they had to pay union dues whether they wanted to or not, and they really didn't have a say in it. So they were just getting squeezed on either end and they didn't feel like the union was arguing for their benefit. Now it could be short-sighted because they were early in their career, um, but it was, uh, it generally, they, they were not big fans of a union that they were forced to participate in uh, in, in the early career folks. But sure. it was very good for the employees that were represented by the union in the later years of their career because it tended to, at least at Lockheed, it tended to dramatically favor seniority over anything else. So you could be an okay mechanic that kind of showed up to work sometimes and make lots of good money because the union policies protected bad behavior or you know protected employment against basically merit right so in in i'm not saying that happens all the time protected this is where employment happen, against well, merit what did you say well yeah in the sense that like the your merit as an employee had no bearing on whether or not you stayed employed and got paid it was all about seniority tenure. It was mm. how long have you been there, and can they let you go? And the answer is no. It and that sounds so terrible. It created a it, well, it, and that that's that was one of the most striking downsides that I saw when I worked at Lockheed, which was yeah. and and like, don't get me wrong, seniority isn't a bad thing. Now you have either. high-paying, lazy people not doing anything. It it happens, right? And and I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure someone more familiar with it could, would probably argue that unions at scale perhaps often create those environments but that's what i saw was not everyone this isn't a, a generalization or an overgeneralization but certain people would take advantage of the protection that the union provided yeah. so that that you know negotiation on behalf of all the employees which again you're forced to participate in um to basically abuse the the uh I guess the employee rights that were established by that union agreement. Sure. And so you, you had folks that would just game it, you know, and, and it, it goes no. all the way out to, you know, they had programs. It, it's extremely difficult to let someone go. That's part of IAM at Lockheed specifically, but um, you could have an employee that just didn't show up to work, you know, repeatedly. And it takes a certain number of infractions to be put on a list to have it investigated and 
then once it's investigated, you still have like a certain period of time where you, you're not really let go yet, right? Yeah. And you can undo all of that by just showing up to work like six days in a row. That's insane. So, so you could you could screw around for months and then undo it in days or weeks. And it was it was just wild. It was wild to watch it happen. Um, it's gonna be maddening so, for employee is. morale. Well, and that yeah. morale that Lockheed was awful. So, yeah. I mean, well, so, let's move on. Um, <laughs> in other airplane news. A family in Broomfield, Colorado, won a free Boeing engine fan inlet housing <laughs> delivered directly to their front yard this weekend. Do, there were, do you get to sue corporations for trespassing when they dump in your yard or like inappropriate <laughs> dumping? Or you, like, you know they're going to get country. sued, but are they going to get sued because part of a fan inlet like chipped and and hurt your you know the pillar in your backyard, or because it could have smashed your dog and that was very mentally stressful for you? Or can you actually just say like it's illegal to dump aircraft parts in my yard and and I'm going to levy fines? Like wh- how how many avenues to take this out on United and Boeing are there? Yeah. <laughs> Seems to me like these people have the leverage is really what it comes down to. <laughs> they should. I yeah, think we'll find this- it's nothing. The other one this is thing is, is massive, by the way. So they get to and keep it, it. Yeah, no, I wish. So uh, selfishly, <laughs> the NTSB, the Dump National Transportation, yard, mine now. Yeah, the National Transportation Safety Board wants you to leave them where you found them, and this front fan housing landed on their front porch. It's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> leaning on the steps, leading to their front door. You're just like, ah, oh, what? Can See, you imagine? I, like, mm. and it's a ring, dude. Like, my my brain went oh, crazy no, on huge. this. Like, what if you're huge. walking outside? You're in your you're in your uh, you're in your what do you call it? No, onesie yeah. robe. Onesie. In your robe and your slippers, and you got your coffee, and you're going out to get the morning paper. Wham! Now you're standing in the middle of the ring. What year is this? <laughs> you take one sip, you turn around, you go back inside because you're taking the know. day off. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a robe or slippers or whatever. It's crazy out there. Do you have a morning paper? Do you no. Have no. You just... <laughs> I'm just, you know, just the, the theatrics of it. <sighs> it's crazy. And it's stuff scattered for like a mile. There was there were things littered all over a, uh, a local they, like a nearby football field as well. Yeah, there's a documentary Crazy. about that. I think it was called Breaking Bad. <laughs> what? <laughs> the end of one of the seasons, wasn't there an airplane oh. that exploded and littered debris everywhere? I, I don't know. That. I watched it's not a documentary. the first episode and I couldn't make it all the way through it. It was too, uh, we'll just say, gritty for, for okay. my taste. That shows okay. great. Uh, are, are engines designed to fail like it. that? To explode? I mean, you did like you did jet <laughs> engines, not like fan plus jet engines, but no, no, no. We, no, I didn't do the, the engines. The we the like the he did the, the manufacturers aren't the ones producing yeah. the the engines. The engines tend to come from other uh, motor manufacturers, engine manufacturers. Oh, that's right. Um, okay, you don't know anything about Ford. Engines. Ford did the engines. No, we, we didn't do that. No, I I doubt that they are designed to fail catastrophically. No, that would be that would be a <laughs> well. No, it's like uh, I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to. <laughs> It seemed because it still functioned and it still flew well, yes. just fine. But it seemed to me, the just observing it and having seen a few of these in the past, that if there is some sort of catastrophic catastrophic failure, there are. Well, I don't know. I say this, but then I reason there's no way that it's designed to eject parts like this because that becomes an extreme danger to people on the ground. 
Yeah, highly um, unlikely that yeah, that was mind. planned in any way. It's like it, more likely. That, I mean, they're extremely complex systems, right? Yeah. The, the idea of a jet engine, I, I guess, even at a baseline, is is complex, but easier to wrap your head around. But the way that they're produced now, I mean, there's probably a hundred thousand things that could have overpressurized and just burst, and it could have been, you know, a hydraulic line that went yeah. crazy and did that. And and no doubt, part of the reason they're saying don't touch it is so that they could actually go back and do the post-mortem and they will pick apart exactly how that failed and they'll go find out why it happened yeah. whether it was human error or fod intake sucked something in the air in unlikely at that altitude but i guess i don't know exactly where it failed well i already um, found some of the parts on ebay so it looks like people <laughs> it's awesome no i'm just kidding yeah yeah right uh, but anyways <laughs> no they, they they do an impressive amount of analysis to go back and sort of piece together what failed and how and they will assign fault, right? If it was maintenance or if it was debris or if it was, uh, you know, care and feeding of the engine outside of normal maintenance or if it were, was a more um, dramatic failure from like the manufacturer from Boeing or Boeing sub-tier most likely because Boeing doesn't produce engines either. But yeah, they'll they'll pick it all apart. They'll figure out this is the line that blew up or blah, 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 whatever it is that actually happened. And yeah. they'll, they'll do that by... Uh, literally sifting through all of the wreckage and trying to find the parts that are damaged in certain ways. It's mm. it's super impressive to watch how they, they do that. It'd be cool if we get a story that actually pieces it together. Cool. Meanwhile, in other news, when Perseverance landed, Ingenuity, the helicopter underneath it, pinged home and said it was in good working condition. It's not expected to fly for another, like I guess, month or so. Uh, but it's kind of exciting to hear that it that it's fully intact and all yeah, systems it's a while. are they got a bunch of tests there. There was working a need, well. You know what? Yeah. Do, do we know what powers this? Yeah, there, there's like, a yeah there's we do article. Yeah, we do. So so right now it's being ingenuity is being charged by perseverance, and then once it sets it down, it will be charged by its own solar arrays. That's so, cool. That's how it works. Told you. Cool. Called it the sun. I assumed. Boom. I just wanted to know, Tyler. All right. Well, no, I wanted to good. know. I like to know how they clean those on, on machines like that because uh, over time, obviously, they're going to become less and less efficient, and that's ultimately what causes them to die in a lot of cases. Yeah. So sometimes because Mars die. is so dusty. That, what you mean? Well, I'm sure. I don't know enough about Mars to know if it's really dusty, but I assume it's very it's dusty. dusty. I would assume that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder. I wonder with two vehicles if they'll be able to like clean each other's arrays and last longer for it. I think we're going to learn a lot about Martian rovers in the next couple of years which is pretty cool yeah it has uh six lithium ion batteries once it's detached from the rover those batteries will be charged by the helicopter's solar panel let's see first flight will be short only about 20 seconds of hovering off the ground yeah pretty cool all right what else what else y'all see well we got a uh we haven't talked about apple versus epic in a while Mm. we haven't uh, what's the news well, this isn't necessarily directly Apple versus Epic. Uh, it's actually, in a way, Apple versus Valve. Now, do either of you know who Valve is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got Valve all so. over my I've house. Heard, None of them. I've heard you talk about it, by the way. <laughs> so Valve is the creator of Steam. They created Half Life. All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Valve is fighting, and I don't really know what they're fighting because I'm pretty sure they just told them to. Uh, I'll just say f off. Um, but they're, they're fighting to stop Apple from demanding troves of information 
as part of its fight with Fortnite maker Epic Games. And basically what's happening is this. Apple is requesting a significant amount of information from Steam. Steam, which popularized the idea of digital distribution many years ago. So they're basically asking for total yearly sales of apps and in-app products, annual advertising revenue from Steam, annual sales of external products attributed to Steam, annual revenue from Steam, annual earnings from Steam, whether gross or net. And so Apple feels this request is necessary to show the total size of the market that Epic operates in based on a case that says stating that one issue Apple must prove is the strength of competition for consumers and app developers among digital distribution platforms. So they're basically going after Steam, which is the big dog in the space, Sure. demanding all of this information to try and prove that there's there's a lot of competition here, et cetera. Uh, and Valve's response was quite Valve. Uh, it said, <laughs> we don't sell mobile games, i.e. sell games on phones or tablets. Steam users cannot buy or sell mobile apps on Steam. 99% of games are sold on other places and third-party developers control the price of their games. Steam doesn't offer Fortnite and will not be on Steam based on Epic statements. Apple's request is not narrow and would cost too much to provide. So leave us alone. That's awesome. And so, uh, basically, they came out and said, we have nothing to do yeah. with this. And we're a privately held company awesome. with an owner that gives exactly zero poops and uh, we're not going to give you this information. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I, I do not believe that they will be getting this information from Valve in any way, shape, or form because they are, it is the most uniquely ran company, I think, probably on the planet. They basically don't have structure within the business. They all just sort of work on whatever they want to. It's a bunch of hippies that just make a whole lot of money <laughs> off of selling other games and making the occasional thing that they want to. So it's just, I don't know. I just thought this was hilarious that they thought that they could go make this extremely formalized, very Apple response to Valve and that Valve would be like, yeah, no problem. Let me just give you all of this information and something that I have nothing to do with. That's awesome. <laughs> isn't, isn't Gabe... New Gabe, it's Gabe Newell, yes. right? He's the the owner, or the, uh, he's at least yep. the CEO he of Steam, correct? Uh, he's always been a bit of a darling in the gaming oh, industry yeah. because he he is so blunt. He, yeah, there you go. He's a hero. I uh, that that just screams what I know about him uh, from historical dealings and stuff, which is which is great because it's to the point and it's very much you know f right off. I don't I don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah, he, he's not even in the country right now. He he basically was in Norway or Sweden or somewhere when COVID nineteen um, <laughs> became a thing, and he just never left. He just stuck stuck around. He's just like, I'm just gonna stay here, and this seems fine. And he really likes it. And he's even trying to encourage people from Valve to just move to where he is and just stay. That's awesome. He likes it so much. He's a he is an interesting character, but I can just I can just see him right now getting this request from Apple and being like. Yeah, yeah, no. All right, now on to playing Dota and making billions of <laughs> people buying skins in Counter-Strike. It's just Dang. ridiculous. He had two cornea transplants. I didn't what? even know you could do that. Oh, ask, ask my previous he boss. What? Mr. Mr. LaFort Corneal... had dual really? cornea. Yeah, it's wild. You can see the stitches on his eyes. Well, that's incredible. You could. I don't know if you still I mean, can. Yeah, it's it's mind bending. I guess it doesn't surprise me, but oh my gosh, I think it does surprise you. 
based on your face. <laughs> oh, yeah. And your yeah voice. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, so I was just reading about him a little bit while y'all were talking about him. Yeah, and, he, uh, cool. he's next level, dude, and he doesn't yeah. care about Apple at all. No, not yeah. even not even a little bit. He and that sounds suffered. like a pretty solid legal response there too. Like, no, nah. <laughs> no, we 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 don't we don't sell uh, Fortnite. It's not on our store. We we aren't on your platform probably because you won't let us on your platform, right? Uh, and we don't sell mobile games. Like we're we're not a part of this in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. We just you know. uh, we just sort of invented the thing that you profit off of a lot now. So yeah. thanks for trying to be like us. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Okay, what else? Funny, we got? funny, funny. What oh else? man, I saw an article that made me happy uh, because these articles always make me happy. And apparently, uh, someone in I'm going to go with scientists, but I can't actually confirm that in Ghana uh, used CRISPR to make sweet potatoes more healthy, which is what? cool. So they're they're jacking up the beta carotene content of sweet potatoes uh, in Ghana, and they're doing it through gene editing, and I think that's neat. So is that organic? It doesn't sound organic. It can be. Mm, gene, gene editing. Gene editing doesn't change the process in which food is grown, Russ. You don't know. You don't know. I that. do know. I do. <laughs> but I, but I do. Organic is kind <laughs> what, of like what that. Is this, what is this making more healthy? I just what is. Just putting it's, more it's increasing the vitamin in content, more nutrient. Yeah, it's increasing dense. the vitamin content. The more nutrient rich, so they're they're editing the potatoes to make them more nutrient rich. That's it. That's the whole story. It's just mm. cool. Okay. We we do that all the time. So they're the. I mean, we didn't do we? Used to do it with CRISPR. CRISPR is the new thing. Yeah, but uh, genetically modified plants are why people aren't dead all the time from starvation because we get multiple crops out of wheat and potatoes and things like that because we have either bred them over very long periods of time through the equivalent of like husbandry in the animal space or through other modification techniques to make them healthier and more resistant and faster growing bigger growing and all of that we've been doing this crap forever that's why corn. Uh, I don't understand any of the everything. words that you're saying right now, and I'm just going to block it all out. <laughs> Something about plants more and healthy. Cool because I, of I vehemently disagree with the statement and, and even just the premise in and of the itself. Plants are healthy. Plants are not healthy. In Which reminds me, Russ, green causes ask. cancer. It's true. You can look it up. What causes cancer? What do you got to ask? What do you green. say? Green. Green. Don't eat green. Like spinach. Oh, green. Do not eat green things. Cancer. It causes cancer. <laughs> Yeah, pretty sure that's sugar. Just stop. Or sugar feeds it. <laughs> anyway, uh, mm, I got to ask. I don't know, Billy. have you ever had any Yeah, what experience broccoli? do you have? <laughs> have you ever had broccoli? Yes, I've had broccoli. Answer the question. Yes, I've had broccoli. <laughs> don't have answer you had it. There's a trap. Yes, I've had cancer. And have you had cancer? Yes. Have you uh, had it twice? Just yes. saying. All right. Hey, and I've I had broccoli two broccoli every day, and I've never had the cancer. <laughs> I haven't even had it twice. Got him. Got him. <laughs> Dude, I got to ask what you eat because uh, I can't remember. Meat. Jeremiah Dooley or somebody somebody retweeted something that said, gain a point for every item on this that you don't eat. Oh, my gosh. Right. I got three. I think Tyler got six in non-keto form. And you posted 26, which I think there's nope. only like 40 Wrong. items there. 32. 32? What do you yep. eat? Uh, do you I eat, eat like... The, the same things so like I ate nothing when I was like five years old, I have stuck with those things. Uh, chicken, uh, peanut butter, or as Kate would call it, Peebo. Um, <laughs> Peebo. 
You yeah, know, I get behind Kubo. that. I'm gonna start calling her Pebo. I basically, you know, I'm basically a meat and potatoes guy. I just, I don't eat a lot of things. I don't eat a lot of sauces. Um, I don't eat seafood of any kind. Uh, just uh, very, very plain. You know, burgers. I'm I so an American. Sick. I eat American things. <laughs> I eat American. I eat Freedom Fries. I eat potatoes. That's right. Goodness. I eat red meat. I, I love that. I love that you had a list of like a gajillion things you don't eat. And my mine like won't touch. You couldn't pay me to to ingest these things. Includes yogurt, which you eat, and that goes. <laughs> it, what's a what? Genuinely, like it's you very very rare that I will eat something that that other people do not. Like yeah, I am a barometer for like the most common things that people will eat. Um, not necessarily that are good for you, but that people will eat. And so the idea that I'm eating something that you're not, and you have a list of six things in the world that you won't eat is, is ridiculous to me. And I would even stretch because I don't like liver, but I'll, I'd eat it. Yeah. Yeah. See, even Joanna said that when she was looking at the list, she was like, oh, I need, yeah. we have liver in the freezer. I'll, I'll ground it up and put it in with some of the other, the other meat. And I was like, oh, please don't. No, please don't. Uh, no, Joanna. She came out of that list not with one thing. She said white Most chocolate. Most of the time. White, white chocolate yeah, was the well, only thing on there because it's pointless. Oh, white for me. chocolate all day. <laughs> it is pointless. Like, that's true. Very oh, few. I don't. I don't care for white chocolate, but I don't eat it because of keto. Before keto, I would have been fine with that. It's not a turnoff. Yeah. Okay. Pineapple. I don't like pineapple, but I would eat that what? if I was forced to. I just wouldn't have been happy about it. That's with like pineapple and liver. That's on my list of that's six pineapple's things. Amazing. But I could. I could reduce it to three. Pineapple's amazing. Bananas. Just kill me now. Put me down. What? I don't. What I don't need those in my life. I'm learning that the things that he doesn't like are the things that I do. Like Tyler is literally the opposite person. <laughs> like I'll bananas. Interesting. Oh, man. Nope. 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 All right. Nope. 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 Um. <laughs> okay. So I was reading some other stuff. Let's let's shift gears here. Uh, Clubhouse. There's a bunch of things that came up there. Um, just randomly. Too. So it has like a billion dollar valuation. It is still not producing, uh, any sort of revenue. Um, it's that's a, not important. Quickly growing. Yeah. It's quickly Hasn't growing. Revenue is, is not even remotely important as it relates to valuations as, as we've learned in the last decade or so. Not yeah. at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I can't, I, I have to go back and find the other article, but I was reading about this earlier this morning. Um, there's some concerns about, uh, how some of the audio has, um, some sort of ties and connections to China. So there's security concerns there. Yep. All this kind of stuff. Some user was banned um, after some of the metadata was found on a third-party website. All this kind of stuff, and, and I'm just like, I don't know. I struggle with where do you where do you draw the line with realizing? Look, you're going on a wide open platform to talk with anybody and everybody. If your audio ends up on some other server or some other website yeah. or gets routed through some country, I mean that's the whole purpose of what you're trying to do. I, I I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Nope. Does that make any sense? It does. It might not make um, any sense. It's not a good look. I don't. I, I guess, don't think I guess. people like that <laughs> stuff either. I think on average you see like this hyper sensitivity to stuff like that slipping out. Like you're you're gonna yeah. turn people off because you just seem like a bulldog. Yeah. No well, offense to bulldogs. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how deep this goes, right? But the article says a week after popular audio chat room app Clubhouse said it was taking steps to ensure user data couldn't be stolen by malicious hackers or spies. Again, 
I mean, this is a social media platform. What, what user data, right? I mean, is it, is it taking their profile name and photo? I, you know, I don't know. At <laughs> so least I, I have an article up right here that okay. says in a new report, the Stanford Internet Observatory, SIO, said it confirmed that Shanghai-based company Agora, Agora, mm-hmm. A-G-O-R-A, Inc., which makes real-time engagement software, supplies back-end infrastructure to the Clubhouse app. The SIO further discovered that users' unique Clubhouse ID numbers, not usernames, okay. and chat room IDs are transmitted in plain text, which would likely give Agora access to raw Clubhouse audio. So anyone observing internet traffic could match the IDs on shared chat rooms to see who's talking to each other, the SIO tweeted, noting, for mainland China users, this is troubling. So this was probably, at least oh. at least in this particular report that I'm seeing, in particular, uh, an issue for mainland China users just because of the, the nature of their But government. they can't even use the app anymore. It was banned. Well, but I can I see know. where that's if you've got a government that's tracking who's talking to who, but again, it's totally, well, most of it is totally random, right? A lot of, a lot of the rooms that you'll step into, you may get invited by somebody that you're connected to, but yeah, here's another one that says an unidentified user was able to stream clubhouse audio feeds this weekend from quote, multiple rooms into their own third party website. Right. And that is now permanently banned that user or whatever that had done that. Uh, where's the rest of it here? It says, Clubhouse cannot provide any privacy promises for conversations held anywhere around the world, said uh, Alex Stamos, director of the SIO and Facebook Inc.'s former security chief. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think what I'm gathering from this is that there's, I mean, there's a couple things here, right? Like one, being able to just extract data out of the platform and stream it to your own server. That seems like it shouldn't be a thing that you can Mm -hmm. do. The other one is, is transferring a lot of, identifiable information that clubhouse ID numbers via plain text all over the place. There's just standard security no-nos that are sort of happening in this, you know, in the early days of this application that that probably need to be addressed. And I have a feeling we're large in part, you know, due to them trying to get to market as fast as they could. Yeah. And and it is interesting that the app is banned in China, but at the same time, like you just said, uh, Stamos and his team were also able to confirm that Clubhouse relies on a Shanghai-based startup called Agora, the one you just mentioned, to handle much of its backend operations. Clubhouse is responsible for its user experience, like adding new friends and finding rooms. The platform relies on the Chinese company to process its data traffic and audio production. So I guess all of the audio production is going through that Shanghai-based company? That's what it looks like. That's, that's what I'm reading here is that Which a lot is, of it is, is running through there. Similar to what uh, Zoom was being challenged with whenever it first exploded on the scene about a year ago. Uh, well, it wasn't first on the scene, but when it started to explode with right, the, when it got the COVID really stuff. Big. Yeah, it was routing things through Shanghai data centers as well. There, there is a, a quote here from an Agora spokesperson. Um, oh, wait, no, 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 it's not. I don't know who this is from. The old clubhouse came and said that it's very clear how they deal with user data in a statement that they, that they sent to the verge via email. The company does not have access to share or store personal identifiable end user data, which once again, the, the PID is the, the main issue here. This the spokesperson said adding that voice or video traffic from non China based users, including us servers is never routed through China. So I have a feeling that this Agora property was, was, you know, used or built sure. or whatever it might be in order to facilitate this in China. But I, I don't know why they would still be operating if Clubhouse isn't usable in China, or maybe they're going to well, make a different version that is, you know, okay by the regime. Yeah. 
Well, and here's, so the article is titled, and this is the, the quotes I was reading are from an article on Bloomberg.com, but the article is titled Clubhouse Chats Are Breached, Raising Concerns Over Security. But literally anybody, as long as you have a, an Apple, an iPhone at this point, um, anybody can go into any room and listen or record. Like that's, that's kind of the purpose of it. I don't understand yep. why this is an issue is my, my. Yeah. I, I still think that a lot of this is boiling down to just general security issues within the sure. way the app has been okay. built. Uh, and then where none of it is expected to be private, right? Right. No, none of it is it's expected zero. to be private. It doesn't mean yeah. that you should still be able to link, you know, individual bits and pieces of metadata to the end sure. user. Um, especially right, if you think that. of it from a business model perspective, like a lot of people are, are, you know, struggling with social media right now for the way their business models work because they're worried about being able to be identified personally sure. uh, by whatever it is that they do and all these algorithms. So I think, I think that that's the issue, the plain text stuff and, and all of that going in is, is rough. You know, speaking of social media stuff, did you see any of that Facebook and Google stuff in Australia? Yes. Yeah. It, and it's coming it, to Canada likely. I saw. Oh, I did not see that. Well, what I saw in the Australia side, and I don't even have, I don't have an article up. I just, I was reading it over the weekend. Is that Google and Australia took, or Google and Australia, Google and Facebook to, took two very different approaches to this, this, uh, I guess you'd say issue, or I guess it's a law that's going to be going into effect, which will basically make it to where Google and Facebook have to pay news articles or, or news providers for the articles that they share on their site. And uh, it seems like Google is doing it, right? Google is paying. And Facebook just removed all news articles from the feed inside of the app. So they took two very dramatic different approaches, which is, which is pretty crazy here to see them do. And so you're saying that that same approach or law is coming to Canada? Yeah, yeah. So Facebook felt like what Australia was requiring with the new laws, and I'd love to get Kieran on here to talk about the experience in Australia and all that kind of stuff. Cause I know he's a, a Facebook user in Australia. How much does it really matter? How much are people in Australia even talking about this? Do they really even care? Um, but Facebook said that the, the laws uh, that Australia was putting in place were, uh, were ridiculous quite frankly. And so they were like, fine, if you're going to, if you're going to do this, if you're going to require this, um, we're just going to not even allow it period. It's not even going to be a topic of conversation. And that's when I tweeted out that, you know, Facebook was going to roof the ball and go home, right? They're just like, we're not going to play that, this game anymore. And then yep. uh, I saw this weekend that Canada is thinking about requiring the same thing from Facebook and saying that they're going to have to pay uh, for news articles that, that get published. Yeah, it's so. interesting because at an individual level, like if it's just Australia or if it were just Canada, Facebook probably cares very little. But if it starts a chain reaction and this starts happening all over the place, I mean, they'll be... I guess forced to to have to do this because they won't they won't have a business model anymore if yeah. they can't share various you know I mean even back when I use Facebook more and I really don't use it at all now unless I'm logging into my Oculus uh, I basically used it as a news aggregator back before we had like thirty different ways to to aggregate news articles sort of coming to you and I loved it for that I always thought it was a a great use of the platform and I imagine that that would be I, I bet a lot of people use it in the same same manner. And so not being able to get some of that uh, would be hugely detrimental to the platform if it became big. Yeah. I, I feel like that wouldn't happen here. I could be wrong, yeah. but well, I don't think some outlying, that would happen in the US. Yeah. 
And there's some outlying issues too. There was an article in The Guardian about Facebook's Australia ban. It's going to cause issues for people in places like Fiji, right? Who rely on phone plans with cheap Facebook access to even get to news websites. Um, and that that's going to uh, just sig- more significantly impact people like that. There was right. other Facebook news as well that they deleted the main page of the Myanmar military for, quote, repeated violations of community standards prohibiting incitement of violence and coordination or coordinating harm. Oh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> there's, there's somebody I'm, I'm, I'm friends with on Facebook who like every other day just types testing <laughs> just to see if their, <laughs> if their profile still exists and if they could still post. That's things. awesome. Cause they, they constantly post, you know, memes, making fun of the government, making fun of Facebook, making fun of all kinds of stuff. So it's just like, when does yeah, it come around to them just saying, oh, you have no more voice? Right. Which, you know, there's there's a lot up in the air with that stuff right now. I mean, Zuckerberg is 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 fighting or was reported saying that Facebook needs to inflict pain over Apple's um, privacy dispute that they, they're looking to enact. And I think, I don't know, the next major version of, of iOS or, or something along those lines where you'll have to basically notify the user and say, do you want to allow this application to track you across other applications and, yeah. and sites and stuff? And obviously that is, that is huge for Facebook. So you know, obviously they have, the, they have the US government coming after them. They have a whole bunch of other governments that are telling them they have to pay for articles. And, and now they have Apple sort of saying, you know, we're going to have to notify these users and get explicit permission to be able to do the thing that makes you as powerful as you are. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens to Facebook over the next next few years. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. So like the Myanmar case, that is a nation. That's a country, right? right? Yep. It banned the army chief in uh, in 2018. And then ahead of the November elections for them, it, it took down a bunch of accounts that were created by members of the military party and all this kind of stuff. And then, as I said earlier, it it removed the, the military's Facebook page. Yeah, like, it's, where, it's where do you get... Yeah, God, it's such a weird thing for a social media company to be, I mean, I, I don't know how to say it, but having such an effect on how information gets transmitted within a nation, affecting the future of that nation. Right. And I think that they've kind of ultimately just determined that if anything looks or smells like an issue, we're just going to delete it. But then Probably, it becomes a slippery because slope. It's so difficult to uh, yeah. decide. But now, yeah, but now they're taking sides in a in a in a political uh or military regime, right? It's 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 wild, man. It is. It is it's I, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes yeah. uh, in any way, shape, or form because it's it's hard to know, especially whenever you're something like Facebook that is worldwide and you have your own personal or political values as a person or business or whatever it might be. Yeah. And you just automatically see these other things as either wrong or you don't want to deal with them or whatever it might be. Your perspective is just dramatically different than someone else's. I mean, the, the other side of it might see what, what you think is being wrong. And, but yet because you control the platform. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't, you know, I mean, just for the Myanmar case to, to handle that, that spread. Yeah. Regarding Myanmar, I won't pretend to understand the nuances of what's happening there. Uh, with elections and the military. And yeah, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, but it's just it's just wild that Facebook is, can just be like, oh, yep, that doesn't exist. And oh, yep, 
no news articles at all yep. period in in australia or the you know surrounding regions that's over the network effect is a powerful thing my friend yeah. and yeah. Uh, a few a few chosen people or, or entities maintain all that power so be interesting to see what happens oh. with it what else we got here man um Elon Musk's Starlink filing show plans for phone service and low-income web access. Seems uh, interesting. Yeah, I think I saw something about that recently. Someone, I, I do. I think I've talked about this before, but I do have a friend who is in the like early beta program for Starlink. They have been mm-hmm. for a couple months now. Uh, they're they're in a very, I guess, remote place in Minnesota and. They, it, I guess, blasted a bunch of emails to various people at a, uh, I don't know, in one of the organizations that Musk owns, I guess, Starlink in this particular case, and and actually got into the program. And, and it works really well in, in its beta state. Like the, the speeds are very consistent, as is the latency. This person is a gamer. That's how I know them. They're able to play games on it without issue, which traditionally like satellite-based internet is not good for. Yeah. So the service in and of itself in its early state seems to be pretty solid mm. uh, it'll be interesting to see how well it it handles more and more users coming on it um but yeah i can i can see a scenario where they can provide a lot of services uh you know all over the place that that work really well for people whether that's uh voip services or whatever it might be because it seems like you could handle that type of load uh, yeah just I never, the testing i've heard from, from yeah i didn't even think about a phone service i've been tracking um amanda blevins who was on our show um Previously, she's got Starlink going. In uh, her oh. first report on it was that uh, great speeds, but it wasn't reliable over time, and that she couldn't get through. I guess even a thirty-minute Zoom. Really, oftentimes That's like every twenty-seven minutes or something like that. She it would. I, I think I don't want to misquote her, but I think it was something like that. Um, she would get disconnected and have to have to reload it. Well, it sounds to me like if they're going to be offering <coughs> some form of a, a phone service to it, that they'd have to work on that reliability. So clearly it's something they're probably working Yep, 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 yep. All right, man. Um, I think we should probably shut it down. We're coming up on the top of the hour here. Anything else stand out to you? Yeah, I've, I've got to jump on the call. I don't think I have anything else here. Um, I, I don't think we've talked about this. It's just a, it's just the the headline is is funny to me. I don't really have the details, but I'll read the headline. It's a crypto kid had a twenty three thousand dollar a month condo, um, and then the feds came. So, uh, it's apparently someone named Stefan Quinn was nineteen when he claimed to have the secret to cryptocurrency trading. Um, he was a self proclaimed math prodigy from Australia. Interestingly enough, um, this is the Australia show. Uh, we need Kieran, obviously, for things like this. Uh, and he, he, I guess he worked with other people to create sort of a capital investment group. And he told potential clients that he had developed an algorithm called Tingen to monitor cryptocurrency exchanges around the world to seize on price fluctuations. A little more than a year after he started, he, pra- he bragged the fund had returned 500%. Uh, a claim that produced a flurry of new money from investors. So this this kid basically got a whole bunch of money from investors uh, coming in saying that he basically unlocked the secret to dealing with the volatility that is crypto. Uh, and then it turns out that, that the operation was essentially just a big lie. Like none of it was real. 
Yeah. He swindled all of this money. This is actually incredible. It goes on to explain it was a it was a Ponzi scheme and he stole about ninety million dollars from more than a hundred investors. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's that's uh I mean, I don't know why he thought that was gonna work um and, and just be fine. <laughs> Dude fooled a whole lot of people. Yeah, oh he my did. Gosh. For some uh, big money. My goodness. Yeah, it looks like he pleaded guilty in federal court in Manhattan to a single count of securities fraud. Oh a single goodness. count of $90 million worth yeah. of securities fraud. Lesson there, y'all. If people are promising returns, walk away immediately. Immediately. Yeah. If someone ever says, I promise X amount of returns. Unless that number is negative, probably is. If the number is positive, then walk away. <laughs> yeah, rough. Crypto's been doing great, though, but <clears throat> not, not because of this kid. So yeah. that's uh, yeah. crazy. Crazy it's stuff. Like, had a slight pullback today, but uh, I saw that uh, a pretty slight or strong dip after hitting. There's like almost sixty or something yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Remember what yeah, it was. a bunch. I mean, everything, everything. Bitcoin, all the major alts, everything is down 15 percent across the board. Sounds like it's time to buy the dip. Yup. Oh, it's already coming back up. It went down significantly more, and it's already headed back up the other way. All right, shut it down for us, Russ. Let's get on with our day here. Huh? All right. Well, um, we are back finally making two consecutive appearances in a row. Um, I still feel awful, so I'm hoping that, that this goes away. But that'll do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. Tyler had to jump off in the middle of this, if you didn't know. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens. Please like, share, rate, give us comments, give us feedback. We love to hear what everyone's doing. Check out the swag shop. I don't know if that's what we're calling it, but we should because this is a swag shop. Swag shop. Uh, <laughs> swag shop. And that'll do it. Talk to y'all later. Peace.